Welcome virtual entrepreneurs, millennials on the go, and adventure seekers with big dreams. You found the right place. My name is Alexis Teichmiller, a millennial, lifestyle blogger, and digital creative. The Laptop Lifestyle is designed to inspire, educate, and challenge you to live the life you want every day. Together, let's unlock how to live the laptop lifestyle to the fullest. Alexis Andra is the creative genius behind the Shift Creative. The Shift Creative is a custom installation, event design, and styling business based in Southern California. Her goal is to create original art pieces that have not been executed ever before. Alexis has worked with big brands like Crate and Barrel, A Hundred Layer Cake, Gwyneth Paltrow, Yellow Conference, and many more. I have followed her journey over the last year, and I am fangirling a little bit that she is on the laptop lifestyle. Hey, Alexis, what's up? Hi, I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Thank you so much. Um, so I gave a little bit of an intro for you, but I would love for you to tell me a little bit of your journey as far as like, did you go to college? What'd you study? How did you end up creating incredible, you know, set design installations and things like that? Well, yes, I did go to college. Um, I went to a private Christian college, actually, called um, California Baptist University, CBU. And I um, did not major in anything art-related. I actually majored in behavioral science, which the goal in that is to – well, my goal anyway is was to practice uh, counseling. Before I actually went to CBU, I applied for FITM which is a, the Fashion Institute and Design and Merchandising. And um, yeah, so that FITM is like pretty huge in California. So they have like an Irvine base, uh, LA, San Francisco. And that's where a lot of people go who are aspiring to be um, fashion designers or event designers or visual stylists. And I put together my whole presentation. I actually got approved to go to FITM. You know, I just decided I'm going to take another route. And I went two years to community college. I was kind of just living that life where you're just like, I'm not really taking things too seriously. So I was just taking a few classes here. And then when I started getting more serious is when I applied for CBU. And while like art and counseling don't seem like they would go, um, it's really, it really does. Um, because in any industry or actually just in life, you're dealing with so many different relationships and you're interacting with people. So um, the, my passion for people and my passion for connecting with them, it's still a relapse in this industry. And it actually like benefits my business um, so much more actually that I did major in um, behavioral science. So I bet you can read your clients a lot better too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you know, I don't like psychoanalyze people, but it's definitely like I have discernment, you know, and I can like ask questions, maybe clarifying questions. Yeah, so it's 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 definitely helpful. And anyway, yeah, I graduated from CBU just with my with my bachelor's. I was considering going on with my master's in marriage and family therapy. During the time that I was in college, I got married and I also got pregnant. I didn't really want to go back to school because I just thought, okay, like I can't dedicate full 
full-time classes with raising, you know, a child and a new marriage. And it was just a lot. I was staying at home with my daughter. And during this whole time, even, you know, teenage years to to um, when I had my daughter, I was always helping with bridal showers, weddings, parties. I mean, I was I always had my hand in something creative. It was just more of a hobby. And while I was going to school, I was helping all my friends getting married, basically. <laughs> um, everyone was getting married. I don't know what was in the water, but there was something. And I was helping everyone just uh, in preparation for their big day. So it kind of just, after I had my daughter, one of my friends was like, you know, you should really start a blog. At first, I was just like, I don't think that... I don't know, will people read it or will I be taken seriously? And you have all these thoughts and questions and then I just put myself out there. So that's kind of how I, that's kind of like my background. Went to school, had a baby, and then my friend was like, you should start a blog. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't know. I was like, okay, why not? Let's try it. And blogging then turned into the Shift Creative or was your blog always called the Shift Creative? And then how did you get into more set design event styling and things like that yeah okay so my blogging was like always design based so it wasn't like I was like writing like about my life I wasn't like a fashion blogger I wasn't anything like that it was always focused on design not my first blog post but I would probably say like my second or third was that same friend that that told me to start the blog I like redecorated her room I like redesigned it and although I'm not like an interior designer I have an eye for design you know so that I was like redoing her room and I would start doing things like that or I would start doing um, photo shoots. So automatically I was doing photo shoots that would get me like highlighted on the blog automatically. So I wasn't just like playing around with it, but I didn't think it would become like a full force like business. You know what I mean? So it was like, I'm going to post these things, write a blog about it. But it, the all the emphasis was always on design. And I think whenever you create a niche around your business too, it really helps you know what kind of content to create. And then it also allows your audience to know what kind of content to expect from you mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And I think like at the beginning, it was a little choppy just because I was trying to figure out, okay, do I want to do installations? Do I want to do styling as far as wardrobes concerned? Do I want to do product styling? Do I, I mean, there's so many different things. And that's why like even now, like how I like label my company as many times people are like, well, what do you do and I'm like I like um I was like I basically <laughs> say like okay everything I I'm a designer you know everything falls under design so I do event design I do installations which is part of design I do product styling which I I, I just kind of categorize it as design and that way it kind of gives me a little bit more freedom within my brand to post about different things so while I'm not always posting installations, I might be posting an event, you know, or I'm posting um, product styling for a company. And still, it still goes, you know, because you still have to have the the eye to bring it all together. Yeah, you have to have a cohesive offering, you know, like yes. your services. But you also, with it being under the design umbrella, you are allowed the freedom to be a, a bit more broad with what you can mm-hmm. create for different clients. And you started a blog, you're a new mom, you start pushing out awesome design content. At what point do you go full time? Or at what point did you realize, wow, I have a business here? It's a tough question, because I don't think it was like an aha moment. 
I think, and I, you know, so, so many times you hear that, like, and then all of a sudden I woke up. I don't think it was like that for me. I definitely think was like, I was like, okay, like each day as I was getting like clients or as I, as my work would get featured, then I think like it was like a steady, um, kind of like steady affirmation or like, I, I was just like building my clientele and like building my brand. And I think like, as I was like building upon it, it became like, oh, okay. Like this is becoming legit. You know, because at the mm-hmm. beginning, you're you're doing work and a lot of it can be for free, you know, or you're just doing it to get your name out there. So you're putting together photo shoots to be on blogs for exposure. You're working with maybe bigger name Instagram influencers or whatnot to, you know, maybe for cost of materials because you're trying to get your name out there and they might have a bigger following than you are. So... I mean, I I remember one time last year where I don't know if you're familiar with Tori Hendricks, but yes, of sitting in a tree. Okay, so she had a baby shower and it was for her son. One of my friends is was really good friends with her, and she kind of brought me on board and was like, you know what? I'd really like love for you to design something awesome for her and for her baby shower. So things like that, like I did for cost. I didn't. I didn't charge because I was like, oh my gosh, I love her. She does such amazing work and I'd be like honored. Like I know there's going to be like so many people I could connect with there and this is an amazing opportunity. So I think at that point I was like, whoa, like this could be, this is something that I I can really do full time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think like you were always your own worst critic. I mean, I'm sure it was probably, it could have been before that, you know, but I definitely think it's like, once you get the attention of other really creative people, (laughs) you kind of like have this moment where you're like, okay, cool. Like I do turn heads, you know, with, with design and stuff. And so, yeah, that was a really special event to be a part of but also like you know in this industry nothing is super consistent you're waking up one morning and you have like a million emails and you might have like a million different jobs and then one morning you may may, you may wake up and you don't really have an inbox full or you don't really have a job the next day so it really is about like just trying to bring in different clientele and networking with people putting yourself out there so that more people know who you are and you can build your client base So when you're trying to create connections with people who might have a larger influence than you or have a larger following, how do you approach them? How do you create good relationships with them so that they'll either, you know, form a partnership with you and then turn around and promote? Yeah, it's always intimidating when you reach out to someone who has a bigger following because you're just like, okay, are they even going to like respond to me or are they even going to think it's like worth it for them? I always try to like come up with my best ideas before I try to reach (laughs) out to them. You know, you don't want to just be like, oh, hey, like, would you want to work together sometime? That's pretty broad. You should like go into it with a specific thing you have in mind because many times people are just nice and they'll be like, yeah, sure, you know, or they won't write you back. A lot of people are like, doing direct message nowadays which is fine I think if it's like if you want to like present a specific idea you should probably find their email and then you could either send over like a mood board or you can just be like hey like I love your work I think you'd be a great fit check out my Instagram here and my website here whatever and then they can go to your website and Instagram to check out your work and then also write like and if you're interested like I'd be more than willing to send over you know my mood board for this you know particular shoot or this particular event and then you know all that the worst that can happen is they say you know I'm busy right now or 
you know, this isn't or a good no, fit. or they don't respond. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just think you have to be confident in what you're putting out there. And you also have to know that what you are creating is good, and that you have something solid to offer. Yeah, and I think I think positioning yourself whenever you are reaching out to other people in a way of like, hey, not only can I help you, but I'm good at what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, and like having the confidence to position yourself in a way that makes them want to work with you mm-hmm. versus making it feel like they're doing you a favor. Yeah, you know I mean? exactly. Exactly. And I think that's huge because I think a lot of times when you don't have a big following, you're just like, oh my gosh, she's just like, I'm just so indebted and I, you know, want to make this work. And, you know, it's like, we're all equals, you know, just because mm-hmm. some person might have a bigger and bigger number, attached, you know, behind their name doesn't mean that they're any better than you are. It just might mean that you haven't had the exposure they have yet. And you and you have to take the steps to create that for yourself or mm-hmm. depending on your business model and your business structure, you know, sometimes things like social numbers don't matter. So it just it just kind of depends. But I definitely agree that reaching out to people who are either a step above you or maybe around your same level and trying to collaborate with them. That's how I found um, a lot of success in blogging and, and even podcasting is is reaching out to those people that I would never think would respond. And then sometimes you never know too, yeah. because yeah. sometimes they're really willing to do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so it's just really taking a risk and putting yourself out there. And I do think like at the beginning for me, I definitely reached out to people who I didn't shoot for like the hundred thousand follower girl at the beginning, you Mm -hmm. know, you start at your level, you start at a little bit above your level, you know? And I think then from there, you're building your portfolio and you're building really like epic stuff. Then, you know, you have that base so that you kind of have some credit to what you're proposing for these other influencers. For sure. And I recently saw that you did the backdrop for Yellow Conference, and I love Yellow Conference. I've never attended, but I followed them on Instagram and and their blog and and things like that. And I wanted to ask you, because your visuals and and what you created was absolutely incredible. And I want to know, how do you go from visualization as far as like, okay, this is what I could see this being, into actually creating it and that visualization coming to life yeah the all conference was amazing and I was so like happy that I got invited to design the space as well as like attend the conference so I was there um and it was amazing so if you ever get the opportunity to go you should definitely it's so worth it and it's so fun and you'll connect with a lot of people as far as the execution process and like idea to execution honestly a lot of it is like I just start creating and then like it turns into something bigger than I had imagined a lot of times like I'll have like inspiration maybe it's artists or maybe it's textures or colors or maybe I've seen something that I really love but I want to do my own way or whatever and I tend to just like think of really different either different materials or different textures I think those things those things really inspire me and then from there I just start creating I just start building upon it I think that that's like my biggest piece of advice is you just need to start creating so you have an idea of course start you know building out what you possibly think it could be but I think that as you're creating different ideas and inspiration are going to come to you and then you're going to add on that you're going to build upon your original idea 
and it's gonna it might look completely different and it might look you know way better than you had thought so a lot of the things with the yellow conference I'm gonna start this and then you know see where it goes you know and it was a lot better than than I had imagined yeah sometimes what we plan does not go as planned and it ends up being better than what we had planned yeah (laughs) and that's what's so amazing about like being a creative honestly like no one would know oh well initially she wanted to do it this way looking at like a backdrop or installation no one knows you are the only person who is designing and who's creating so if it differs from what your original idea is no one knows and who cares if it's as best if it's the best you can make it then you know that's awesome I want to know what is your biggest challenge as a creative like what has been something that has either held you back or something that you continue to bump up against Hmm. as a challenge in your business hmm biggest challenge it's kind of hard to say um there's a couple challenges I think like this is gonna sound like funny but I think like knowing your worth as far as what you're gonna quote people because I think a lot of times people think like especially with installations oh like I'm just gonna go and do that at home like I'm gonna go get yarn or wood and paint and I'm just gonna lobby lobby yeah and we're in this like DIY stage where like you can do it Mm. like you can do it by yourself and while I like love that and I love like you know yeah like do it if you can you know but I think it's it kind of like makes me like second guess like okay well maybe I should charge less or maybe you know maybe they're not gonna appreciate the time that I put into it because it looks more simple you know but I put a lot of time into it but the materials weren't that much money but like it took me forever you know and it's kind of that struggle where yeah you, you don't you don't feel like other people are putting you know worth into what you're creating and they kind of downplay it that's a big struggle is just reminding myself like my worth isn't in what other people deem as is successful it's really just sticking to what you believe like your worth and and going from there you know and and not watering down your quote or whatever and and in the same time like of course you're going to work with people and you're going to work with people's budget it's a challenge when you might you might feel like oh well they just think that they can do it themselves or whatever. So I think that's that's definitely hard. And I, I think that some people don't appreciate art in general or design in general. And yeah. they don't understand how much goes into it and how much time really goes into doing all these things. I could totally see that, especially how our society views art in general. And I could see that being a challenge, especially in, in your industry. But you're so talented. I would, I, I don't know. I feel like people would be like, oh. I'll give you anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wish. No. <laughs> no, no, I know. It's hard. It's hard to price your products and, and to know your worth in that process as well. During those challenges, what keeps you motivated to continue? What are three things that inspire you? I think I like mentioned this before, but like I think in general, just I, I love like textures and metals and using mediums that might not that you might not have seen before or that you wouldn't think that someone would incorporate into like an art piece or an installation or an event so I like to kind of think outside the box I think that that really inspires me is just using different mediums other people inspire me other artists other people I might look up to and I really you know admire their work different color tones different way you know the way that people lay out different products like the aesthetics so I would say overall aesthetics aesthetics design inspires me the media (laughs) I mean so many different things so there's like a lot of things but yeah I would 
those would be like so people different artists different mediums just aesthetics design in general really motivate me and help me to continue to challenge myself as a creative as a solo entrepreneur you're growing your business you're trying to grow you're trying to get your name out there how do you keep your intentions pure when you're reaching out to people or collaborating with people Mm -hmm. I think it definitely is you constantly have to uh, reevaluate your heart, you know, because I can't sit here and say, oh, no, like every time I reach out to someone, my intentions are pure. No, like we are <laughs> humans and we are selfish and we are sinful and we are, you know, like there's there's this pull in us that wants glory and power and we want to be the best of the best and we want to and step over people to get what we want. And that, it, that doesn't mean that we necessarily think, oh, I am stepping over this person. No, we're not thinking like in those terms. But, you know, when we start thinking about others less and ourselves more, that's like a good indication that we are having impure motives, you know? So it's basically like, I'm going to email someone because I am going to get on a blog or I am going to be acknowledged or I'm going to have the best idea or I am so thankful that I thought of this vision and I, you know, like whatever. And it's like so much emphasis on yourself that that is when your motives are wrong. You know, it should be like we or not even just we, but like, wow, you really killed it at the shoot like why don't why not highlight someone else on your instagram wow i loved so-and-so's florals she made this shoe even if you're the one that designed it you know or or whatever your your role was in it um really supporting other people i think is an indicator of true motives and true intentions to really connect and cultivate a community on instagram which i think is hard to do even though i think we like to throw away around that term like instagram is such a community well really it's a whole bunch of people trying to just get their name out there and you know build the brand <laughs> what I mean like you know even yeah. like I, I think yeah. that's true and you can see it yourself like you're you know I'm not saying your motives aren't pure but like you know you're trying to reach out to like bigger in- Instagram influencers sure to like connect totally. you know but also to get your name out there and so really like having the goal and desire to like connect with other individuals to make something really awesome to share something that you know, maybe it comes from your heart or share something special with strangers, basically, that you're you're putting yourself out there. Also, you can ask advice from, like we were talking about, the mentors or friends that are close in your life, asking those questions like, how would you best describe my character? Or like, how would you best describe my attitude? You know, and I think so, so many times those are scary questions to ask. Or like, what challenges or issues do you see like that I'm struggling with or that I need to work on and really giving them the freedom to speak into your life because um, typically um, most friends and most family members aren't going to just like outright tell you. Sure, there might be a few. Yeah. There might be a few and you might not receive it, right? (laughs) You might not receive it because Uh it might be, you know, in a brash way or in a bad circumstance or whatever. But if you're actually giving someone the opportunity to um, speak truth into your life, I think that's like so important and then you grow from that. And you, you think through that and that helps you have pure intentions too. Cause like I've totally gotten caught up, you know, in, um, social media and motives and intentions. And I just want to get my name out there and I just want to be like, Oh my gosh, that person reposted my photo and didn't even tag me. Like, or, Oh, like they like didn't even give me credit because like they just tagged me in the photo, but I like designed that whole event. Like they didn't even like give me credit. Like, and I just like me, 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 me. And sure, like, of course, like, you need to, like, you monitor your business. Of course, you're doing things to promote your business. So, 
you know, I'm not saying it's bad to like talk to that person and be like, oh, hey, like notice you posted, you know, next time, could you give me a shout out? Or like, would you mind like giving me credit? I think it's totally appropriate to do that. I just think like the motive needs to shift. Yeah. The motive needs to shift from like, I just want to be in the spotlight to be like, okay, we'll give credit to where credit's due. I think that's a really, that's a really like fine line. I love that you brought that up because I do feel like you have to know your worth enough to defend, Hey, you know, I put on this whole event or I created the entire set. I'd love for you to, you know, highlight that, but also knowing your intentions and motives behind it. And I think that is something with social media in general and with women, especially we get in this competitive comparison Mm -hmm. game with ourselves and then with other people. And it can happen so easily on Instagram. And it's something that I have been struggling a lot with lately is not finding my worth in, you know, oh, I saw a pretty photo. Oh, I'm never going to be able to like take a photo like that Mm -hmm. or man, she gets to travel all the time. Like that's so cool or, or whatever the narrative I tell myself. And it's like, man, that is so life draining. That is not life giving. I think that's why we have to kind of protect ourselves too, about how much we allow ourselves to even like go there with our thoughts. Yeah. It's so true. It is so true. Like I know recently too, which is just funny is like since the new Instagram algorithm or whatever it is, like not having, I feel like I've noticed like, on my Instagram, like a decrease, like a decrease in like engagement. Oh yeah, me too. And I'm just like trying not to like let that define me. Like that does not define me. And I think like our world is so consumed with individualism. Like we just want, we are the center of our own universe. And instead, like we just need to point to other people and really be humble in our work. I think like even me getting caught up in like, well, my posts aren't getting enough engagement. Really though, like, am I just saying that I'm like looking to people to define my success? And I think that while I want engagement, you know, for clients, that doesn't necessarily mean that I need engagement for like affirmation to tell me how good I am. Does that make sense? There's a difference between like having like a post, like bringing a client and that's awesome versus like, oh my gosh, I need like people to like comment on this or else like this photo sucks. Yeah. I'm going to delete it. (laughs) Right? Oh, I delete my photos all the time. No. I delete them all the time. Yeah. I mean, I promised myself six months ago that I would stop doing that because it was such, it it became, it became like ridiculous. I was like, I need to just stop. If I post a photo and I like it and it either means something to me or, or, I wrote a caption that meant something to me or shared something. I'm putting it out there. And if people don't receive it that way, that's fine. Or especially with the algorithm change, people don't even see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so if they don't see it, they can't engage with it. And so detaching our worth from our numbers and engagement and comments and things like that and focusing on, you know, bringing, it, bringing in business and then also focusing on why are we even posting on social? Is it because we're trying to grow our business or because we're trying to grow our ego? Exactly, exactly. And I think that that's, (laughs) no, I think that that's such a true point. And I think, I think everyone would be lying if they didn't say that at one point or another, it was to grow their ego and to get glory. You know, and you know, I'm so convicted. I was like talking to one of my interns the other day and I had posted this family photo and it didn't go with my feed. Like it didn't go with my aesthetic really. And I was like, oh, I put too much contrast, whatever. Like it just stands out so much. And it was like bugging me, bugging me, bugging me. And then I had posted like such a long caption and I got so much engagement. Like so many people wrote about it. So many people were saying like how encouraging it was. I got like a million likes and like, it was awesome. But it didn't go with my feed. So literally I deleted it. And and what sucks is that like I knew I shouldn't have deleted it. 
from the whole time. The whole time, like, I was like, don't delete it, don't delete it, just get past it, it's fine, it's one photo. Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have, you know, (laughs) it's not going to dictate your feed. And people might not, people probably don't even notice that, that it doesn't go, you know. I remember telling my intern, and she was like, yeah, no, you have to keep it, you have to keep it, whatever. And so it was like two weeks, probably, and I deleted it I ended up deleting it and I justified it by like taking a screenshot of like my caption like oh, okay well I still have it like I still have like what I wrote uh, you know <laughs> but I totally deleted it because yeah. it didn't go do that. why do we do that to ourselves Ew, I, I seriously don't know it's the most annoying thing ever I, I honestly <sighs> it's like and then I look at like other people's Instagrams who like aren't all perfect and they like yeah, don't care yeah they, yeah, <laughs> yeah they don't care and they get like they obviously get clients they get engagement and it's like I'm over here obsessing about like photos that I'm posting and making sure that the next one I post looks good with the other one you know and I, I mean obviously there's something to like making your Instagram look pretty because it's a reflection of your yeah. brand and it's yeah. it's a re- especially for you as a designer like it is a reflection of the things that you create and so I don't want you to think that I'm like negating feed aesthetics I guess Instagram feed aesthetics because that's something I pay attention to I too. totally pay attention so to like, it yeah it's a thing it's totally a thing and I plan out my posts and see what they're gonna look like next to everything yeah. else before I post them yeah. like yeah. I am that person so yeah. like I totally get it yeah <laughs> no I totally am but I don't want to obsess over it and I think that's the, the that's the difference it's like it's okay if you're like okay well like these are the photos I'm gonna post but then it's like different when it's like oh I post it uh, I don't know I don't like I don't know I definitely feel like that's something that I have like struggled with recently is the whole Instagram aesthetic but I definitely do believe like it does help your business and I think that you do need to think about it I just don't think it needs to be like something that we're obsessing over yeah and I think that is a story that you can remember next time whenever you want to delete something you can think back to that and be like you know what no I want to keep this mm-hmm. regardless of you know know if it matches or not but so within Instagram communities have you found it to be easy to create communities online that are authentic and real mm-hmm. and then what is it like to make those relationships happen in real life as well okay yeah I definitely have like friends that I've met via Instagram I mean I wouldn't say that I have a best friend that I met on Instagram it's definitely mm-hmm. not like that. I know a lot of people do. And I think it is like, I kind of live in like the middle of, I'm like not in San Diego, but I'm like close to San Diego. I'm not in Orange County, but I'm like close to Orange County. I'm not in LA, but I'm close to LA. So I think that I'm like in this like middle realm where there's really not a lot of creatives where I live. Since I'm like in that like middle area, it's like hard to have real friendships with these people. So like I go to San Diego a lot and I will meet up with people that I know or I'll go to OC or whatever. Those are, I have friendships there and they're, they're real friendships, but I don't know if they're like close friendships where I'm going to like call them up and like share my heart. It's mm-hmm. more like, oh, well let's work on a shoot together or like let's do work together. I don't know. There's been a couple that I've like transferred over to life for sure. I think it's definitely hard to build that community, especially if you're not living in the same area. Cause it's not like you could just like pop on over for a, for a coffee and yeah, like texting and all that stuff you can do. But you know, I'm married, I have a daughter and I have a huge community that I'm part of here. So it's, that's kind of second priority. I'm not saying that those relationships aren't important. I'm just saying that there's a different priority level in which they fall under. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So my community here, I have a huge community here. I have a lot of friends where I live and I'm really connected. And I think that honestly, like in a way they're more, that's more important than having like an Instagram community because these people like know every aspect of you, not just what you see online and not just your creative side, but like 
your crappy side, you know, the the side that you don't share with people all your hard days. And that's, you know, what's really important and cultivating and investing in those relationships is so important. So that there's like so many times I'm like so tired, but then we like made plans to like go out to dinner and like, I don't want to go, but I know that, Hey, if I go, I'm going to be so refreshed, you know, and maybe I can help refresh someone else. And so, so beneficial to engage rather than withdraw. I feel like it's really difficult to connect with people that you, sometimes meet online. I think that's something I have learned. I've lived in Nashville now for about a year and a half and I've met a lot of incredible people but something I have found over and over and over again is that it's really easy to reach out and connect with people either in life or or via social media but it's really hard to connect with people and to take that like friendship to the next level Mm -hmm. or create like a long you know or or more authentic or real authentic friendship yeah Yeah, it's something that I'm just learning as an adult and (laughs) how to create adult friendships is really hard it's something that people don't talk about (laughs) like how to make friends as an adult it's pretty comical at times but I I definitely think that like what I've had to get past and this is just like real talk is you and when I'm saying you I mean like everyone like you like I think a lot of times like we gravitate toward people who are like us and I don't think that that's like always the most wise choice. I think that when we, yeah, I think that when we gravitate toward people who act like us, talk like us, dress like us, we're going to get more of like our thoughts, our ideas, our opinions. And I think we're never going to be challenged and we're never going to really, we're never really going to be corrected in a way. Like if, if we're out of bounds or if we're struggling with something, they're just going to give you the same thing that you think, you know what I mean? Because you're, you're all like, you know, it's everyone's the mm-hmm. same person. But if you actually are intentional with building relationships with different people, maybe you're an extrovert but you're being intentional with an introvert. Maybe you are type A, but you're going to, you know, be friends with a type B person. Let's just say you're 25. You know what? Like, why not have a friend who's 35? You know what I mean? And they can pour wisdom into your life. You would not get if you were still hanging out with a 25-year-old who was still doing the same things that you were doing. So, like, there's a lot of Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, there's a lot of wisdom to be gleaned in, like, in investing in different life stages. And so maybe you're pouring into someone that's younger than you. Maybe they're looking at you as a mentor. Maybe you're, you know, taking someone under your wing and really investing in their life and vice versa. Maybe you have someone that's older, but there's a true friendship there. And maybe you look at those people and you're like, I would never see myself hanging out with them if I was at school. You know what I mean? Like back in high Mm -hmm. school, back in college where you like navigate and you like zero in on people who look like you and talk like you. Because if we're going to be honest, that's very, it's superficial. It's very like, Mm -hmm. I just want to look and hang out with these people because they look like me. And you know, it's, that's just what I'm supposed to be doing. Cause I think that's what culture kind of molds us to do. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to step away and create friendships that you actually want to. I think sometimes in high school and in college, you create these built-in friendships because you're all in the same path. You're all in the same chapter of life. And so it's really easy. But then whenever you get out into the real world, you leave behind those friend, those friendships that might have been out of obligation or out of comfortability. Mm-hmm. And you actually have to choose who you want in your life. Yeah. And that's something, especially as an entrepreneur, because we are faced with so many different challenges that we have to answer and solve. You have to be extra careful about who you let into your life because it can really get in your head and it can you know, negatively affect your business. And that's something that I've, I've really been learning lately is, you know, who do I let in my life? And 
and what what can I learn from them? What can what can I teach them? And so yeah, no, definitely. And, and I'm not saying it's bad to have friends who are like you because obviously there's commonality no, and there's yeah. you know does you know if you love design, they love design. That's awesome because you're gonna feed off other people's creativity. I think definitely in the creative realm, it's like important to have like yeah, people who are like minded. That doesn't mean that they are necessarily just like you does that make sense just because they are creative and they can think through design or have great ideas um and you can connect on that level doesn't mean that it's like someone who like looks like you dresses like you talks like you if but they they might just have a commonality that you connect with for sure but yeah i think that's like one of the most important things is kind of getting past the superficial and really making authentic relationships and investing in other people amen i completely <laughs> agree before we wrap up, I have a few more questions to ask you, but I would love for you to share where people can find you online. Okay. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at The Shift Creative and also on my website, theshiftcreative.com. I also have Facebook. I don't go on it as much, but you can totally find me there, The Shift Creative. So just when in doubt, type in <laughs> Shift Creative. And so, uh, <laughs> and you will find out my little face will pop right on it. On Snapchat, it's not a lot of fun things. It's just my life and my daughter and maybe some sneak peeks, but typically I'm just being weird, singing songs or something. So. I love it. I love that about Snapchat. It's just so behind it the scenes. It is. It's, it's it is. I love it. Do you like Instagram okay, stories well, better though, or do you like? I haven't done an Instagram story yet. You no, because I just updated my phone. Okay, I would say I like Instagram stories better because I am reaching a completely different audience and more of an audience there than I was on Snapchat. Oh yeah, because only certain people follow you on Snapchat, but on this, it's like everyone. Yeah, else. and it's a built-in. It's a built-in action mm-hmm. versus. Oh, go to my Snapchat to watch this because people do that a lot on Instagram. It's like, oh, to watch the full story, like go over and follow me on Snapchat. And Instagram, Instagram really isn't a click away platform. You know, you're there to scroll and look through photos and comment and engage. You're not there to click away and, and like read articles and watch stories like that. So I would say I like Instagram stories for that mm-hmm. reason. Yeah, that makes sense. I'll have to test it out. Yeah. Let me know how you feel. <laughs> Okay, so my second to last question is, what is the biggest advice to someone just getting started in the online creative space? I would say just put yourself out there and like create content that you love. And that's don't try to be someone that you're not. Don't try to just copy someone else's style or someone else's aesthetic. Um, I think that was like hard for me at the beginning was just trying to find my voice and trying to find what I what my aesthetic was, how I was going to edit my photos, how, you know, there's so much, there's so much information out there and there's so many different types of people that, um, I think it's easy just to copy, but just do things that you love the best, you know, create your feed, how you Mm want to create it and, and put out content that you love, you know, and even if it's different or edgy or unique, put it out there. And if you love it and you have confidence in it, people are going to love it too. I love it. <laughs> Again, amen to that, for sure. Just t- taking the leap and putting putting yourself out there. Uh, my last question for you is, what are you most grateful for? I mean, this is like cliche, but like my family and my community, I think, that I have here. And I definitely, it's definitely the most challenging, you know, being like a mother and a wife and um, a business owner and being involved in like my community and like serving in in that capacity. And so there's a lot of like hats to juggle, but I definitely think that I'm grateful for all of those components. And I think that's where true growth is. And I would rather grow and progress than stay still and, you know, 
not um, not be challenged. And I think that um, I'm grateful for the challenging moments in my life. Wonderful. Sometimes the best growth can happen from places of tension and being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I completely agree with that. So true. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show, Alexis. And um, I just love your story and thank you for everything that you shared. And I cannot wait for people to hear this. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm.